0: hello folks welcome to people along the way the podcast I'm Cesar Petrago and I'm Anthony Moganum. This week's
1: episode is Jason Minsky the executive director at Christmas in the park. Caesar and I have been going to Christmas in the park since we were kids yeah we touched uh, we touched on this during the
0: conversation but Christmas in the park is one of those events that follow you throughout different stages of your life whether you're a kid, a family, a college student on a date it's
1: you know it's it's an event everyone in San Jose has had an opportunity to grow up with in this conversation with jason we talked a lot about what it takes to run an annual event in san jose one that's been going on for years and years some of the issues that are realistically inevitable and also some of the cool things that are coming up in the future if you want to learn more about christmas in the park where to find it at caesar chavez park downtown uh visit them online at christmasinthepark.com and enjoy the show enjoy the show
0: How how was that experience being uh, the the mascot for the San Jose Sharks? It was
2: pretty cool. You know, I never you know I looked at like I looked back at like what are you going to do when you grow up? Mm -hmm. I'm going to run around in a big furry shark costume. (laughs) You know, that was my first full time job. You know, and uh, yeah, I remember the day that I got the job. I remember calling my dad and said, "Dad, guess what? They're going to pay me twenty five thousand dollars a year to run around in a shark costume." Mm -hmm. And he was just like. That's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard, (laughs) right? Um, He knew that I did some work with the 49ers before that, and he knew I was a college mascot, but to actually make it into a full-time job, um, and I did that for five years, and uh, got to travel, got to meet a lot of people really kind of got my my foot in the door within uh, the the city of San Jose so it was uh it was pretty cool it is really it just was.
1: one person who plays Sharky or is there a group of people who kind of switch so off?
2: there's usually one main person uh, and that was me for those 5 years and then I had a couple of backups um, you know on weekends you're, you're doing anywhere between you know half dozen and you know 20 appearances yeah. so sometimes Sharky actually magically appears in two places at once <laughs> Courtesy of a backup, because uh, you have multiple costumes. Um, so, uh, but but ninety percent of that stuff and all the games was me. Oh, okay. Um, but the guy that took over for me after I went on to do something else has been the only guy. Really. And he's actually done more. Uh, he is the second, like oldest tenured mascot in hockey. Only the Pittsburgh Penguins mascot has been doing it longer than him. Oh wow. And the Penguins is only like this part time thing. So huh. he the guy that's doing it now is insane.
1: So that was a full time job for you? It was, it was full time. And that was right after college.
2: I was literally got the job with the Sharks finishing up my last semester in college. Oh
1: wow. Was that yeah. a dream position? I mean, you said it was.
2: But... Yeah, I mean I was a college mascot. So I did four years at San Francisco State. So I would do all the football games, all the basketball games and, you know, different things here for the athletic department. And then you never think that you're actually gonna get paid you know, to do this, I mean, I was doing some stuff with the 49ers, but that was like per game, a couple of appearances here and there. I mean, the Sharks, that was full time. So it was, you know, it was interesting because from my standpoint, I never, like, I never knew anything about sports other than, hey, somebody took my ticket, somebody gave me a hot dog, and oh, those are really talented athletes. Mm-hmm. Huh. And it just totally opened up my eyes to the world of sports.
0: Do you receive the mascot sign? You're like, no, no, no. That's not how
2: you do that. that moves <laughs> Absolutely, it's tar- you can't not do that. Because after the Sharks, I went back and did five more years with the 49ers. Oh, wow. So okay. you know, now you're talking. I've done 11 years at the quote-unquote professional level. Mm-hmm. Did some minor league stuff. Did some college stuff. So I have some pretty extensive experience in the industry. Uh, a lot of friends that still do it or that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, it's very unique. That's awesome.
1: Very cool. Was that a stepping point for you in getting... I mean, we noticed on, on your LinkedIn and whatnot that you're really connected within San Jose. Did you end up meeting a lot of people and a lot of players in the industry from that position? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that is that is definitely something that people get excited about. I mean, you guys are from San Jose, so you know yeah. the, the popularity of Sharky, right? Definitely. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, you guys, you know... Not totally guessing your age, but you probably were kids <laughs> when I was running around in the shark costume. Yep. And you know, from that standpoint, Sharky was at your school or Sharky did your birthday party or something along those lines. So you grow up, and it's it's this cool thing. Well, all the adults at the same time, you're entertaining their kids. You're entertaining them. You know, that was the challenge for me. Kids are easily entertained. If I can make the adults laugh, that's the the bigger challenge, mm-hmm. right? Um, so for me, yeah, it absolutely opened up the doors because people see that on your resume or they, they learn who you are. Yeah. Um, and they, th- there's the coolness factor, right? They're oh, I want to, I want to know who that person is. Definitely. I want to, I want to put him on a podcast, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Um, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. Perfect. In fact, one of uh, the jobs that I had was at the chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Pat Dando was the president and she's the one that hired me. I had never met Pat outside of costume. But I had met Pat a ton of times inside (laughs) the costume. Um, So that was kind of a fun interview, you know, because I knew who she was, but she had never seen me up close and personal outside wearing big feet and a furry fin. What was her reaction when you told her during the interview? (laughs) Oh, she knew from the resume. So she's like, so we've met before. And I'm like, (laughs) kind of. Yeah, in an odd way. Yeah, sure. And I know everything. (laughs) Exactly, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, getting back to your original question, absolutely. It opens up doors. And people still today, uh, like, you know, they they do think it's, it's pretty cool. And it's a conversation piece. And, you know, not only doing the shark stuff, but also doing the 49er stuff. Yeah. You know, the South Bay's got a huge 49. Our fan base so even that so even though that wasn't a full-time job mm-hmm. i still did it for a total of six years mm-hmm. so you get to know people and people get to know you and you know so and i think i was pretty good at it i got some really good feedback from fans and and you know people that i worked with so uh you know you, you earn a certain respect level i guess yeah how did that uh, transition from from uh, your job at the chamber of commerce to now the executive director for Christmas in the Park. Sure, so when I was at the Chamber of Commerce, one of the things that I would do on a monthly basis was give these new member briefings. So people, businesses that had just joined the chamber would come to a lunch, I would stand up for about 40 minutes and kind of give them the spiel on what the chamber could do for their business, welcome them to the chamber, and I'd give a little bit of history about the chamber. Well, part of the history of the chamber is the chamber played a pretty uh, good role in helping to develop and form Christmas in the Park back in the early 1980s. So I would always say this, hey, you know, we even actually formed Christmas in the Park, you know, or helped form Christmas in the Park. And I kept on doing that over and over, month after month. And after two years, I was like, you know, I don't know much about Christmas in the Park. Mm -hmm. So I actually met with some of the people that were on their board of directors, um, talked a little bit more, I helped secure a couple sponsors for them at the time. Mm -hmm. Then they invited me to join the board of directors. So that's how it led into me getting involved with Christmas in the Park, was directly through the Chamber of Commerce. If you go back even further, when I was working at the San Jose Sharks, I had, um, just before we parted ways, I'll use that term loosely. Um, <laughs> uh, I was actually going to get the Sharks more involved with than the holiday parade and Christmas in the park. Because at the time, and really only until this year, um, the only involvement had been Sharky. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that this was such a big community event that the organization put, should play a bigger role be it a sponsor, volunteers, et cetera. So um, I'd always been interested in what Christmas in the Park was, what the holiday parade was, um, but you know, again, never knew that it would actually lead to a, a career choice for me. Mm-hmm. So when I was on the board of directors for Christmas in the Park, I was only on the board for a year when the, uh, the board, which was the nonprofit side of the organization, Took full control over the event from the city. Oh, so wow. the city, okay. since 1980, had always staffed it. They'd always managed it. They'd do all the fundraising for it. You know, they would do all that. Then you also had this volunteer side, the nonprofit side that would do um, their own volunteering, their own fundraising. And it was always kind of a partnership, but the city took on the bulk of the event.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Well, seven years ago now, the city was going to get rid of the event. Oh, wow. And they got rid of the holiday parade, um, and but the holiday parade didn't have this you know board of directors to save it, which we had with Christmas in the Park. Mm. Part of taking that event over is well now you need to manage the event, you got to hire staff. So the first person they needed to hire was an executive director. I threw my name in the hat, and I was chosen.
1: An obvious choice,
2: of course. An obvious choice, right? <laughs> <laughs> so now
1: Christmas in the Park is. I mean, still within San Jose, but it's separate from the city of San Jose.
2: Yes, so the city of San Jose is what we consider an in-kind sponsor Mm -hmm. uh, in that they give us free use of the park. Uh, They give us free storage. We have a 32,000 square foot warehouse where we keep everything. That's also where our offices are. Um, They are a very big partner in putting on Christmas in the park. Um, we do qualify for grant funding through a couple of different departments, just like the Jazz Festival or Cinequest yeah. would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we are run as a true 501c3 nonprofit now.
1: Very wow. cool, wow. that's wow. great. Was, I mean, obviously there was a big difference, but what was the main change in going from the city running things?
2: Money. To, oh, money. money. Uh, <laughs> you know, the city would have a budget for things. So it wasn't that big deal. I mean, you gotta remember, at one point in time, there were 12 full-time people working on the holiday parade and Christmas in the park. Mm -hmm. When I was hired, there was one full-time person working on Christmas in the park. So we had to fundraise very rapidly to make sure that we were able to move forward and hire people. And, you know, now we're at four full time employees and of course, seasonal help and set up crew and tear down crew still tremendous amount of volunteer work. We have 22 people on our board of directors and you know, they are a a working active board. They, they manage a lot of of what you see down at the park uh, in various ways. Um, so that was the the big thing was to just get the funding, you know, we, we had some sponsors, but we never really had a sponsorship program Mm -hmm. and that's what we've been developing over time. And that really, you know, helps us succeed in, in what we want to do every year. That makes sense. Do you notice more or less red tape in the transition from the city? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, it's kind of about the same, oh, okay. you know, I mean, you, you run into some issues, you know, we're in a public park of course, and so there's, there's this uh, amount of inclusion that you have to have with your event because, um, everybody's has the right to participate. So we've run into some little roadblocks here and there. We've got some, uh, some unpermitted vendor issues here and there, but, um, you know, I think. You know, the Jazz Festival's got the same thing. The cinequest got the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Rock and Roll Marathon. Everybody's got some sort of issues that it's hard to deal with. Of so course, yeah. I don't think it's increased or decreased over the years.
0: Well, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the history of Christmas in the Park? Like how the idea came uh, apart? Sure, on? sure.
2: It actually has its roots back to the 1950s. Okay. There was a business owner named Don Lima. Who owned, believe it or not, a mortuary in the Willow Glen district of San Jose? Spooky. And uh, back in the early 1950s, he borrowed three hundred dollars, which is about the equivalent to about two thousand dollars now, uh-huh. um, and bought a, a a nativity scene, a manger scene, and it wasn't a small one that you put in front of your fireplace. It was a life-size nativity scene. He put it on the front lawn, and people loved it. They thought it was very, you know, uh, festivus, and 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 you know, it was people were you know, driving by and oh, that's, that's different, that's new. Well, over the years through the 50s and 60s, he would add to this display and he you know everything from little carousels to Santa Claus and melting snowmen and lumberjacks and carolers and <laughs> it became this spectacle and you you have to remember this is the 50s and the 60s right there's not an orchard supply hardware where you can go and buy your christmas decorations from he had things that were handmade or had to be shipped in from the east coast these were things that were very unique wow. and so people came from miles around to see this display so one day he's coming back from san francisco on a a business uh business meeting and he gets stuck now i said you know the 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 mortuary is still there in willow Glen, right so you have to picture where that mortuary was and now picture where um valley medical center is on bascom avenue Mm -hmm. okay Okay. he was stopped by police in traffic at valley medical center trying to get to his mortuary because the traffic was so backed up from people going to see his display.
1: Okay, so So he
2: knew at that point that there were a couple of factors. One, people loved what he did. Mm -hmm. Two, that people around him hated what he did because of the traffic to get home it's in a residential district yeah i can't get home at night because of this display great i love it i've seen it but i'd like to get home you know yeah. Yeah. so he decided uh that you know and his family decided that they were going to donate it so in the 70s they donated it to the city of san jose at the city of san jose took control and put it on the front lawn of the uh, old city hall so there it stood for a few years until they ran into some financial problems and couldn't upkeep the display. So they literally put it in a warehouse and it sat there, and um, people were not happy because again, you're talking almost three decades of people going to see this display. It was a whether, at that point. Exactly, whether it be you know on the mortuary or city hall. So people, you know, they finally got kind of got fed up and they said, well, we've got to do something. So let's band together, this is where the chamber steps in. Right, The chamber gets some business people involved. Uh, Tom McHenry, who was council member at the time, later became mayor, was involved. And the Lima family got back involved as well. And they took what was left, what was salvageable from that warehouse, moved it into what is now Plaza de Cesar Chavez Park. Back then it was just Plaza Park. Mm -hmm. The Plaza Park itself is a two and a half acre park. Um, It only took up about half an acre when they moved everything in and now we're kind of busting at the seams 38 years later. So that was 1980. That's when also the nonprofit uh, was developed. So the 501 C three status of the organization, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to help get some funding to help with donations and and to run as a true nonprofit back then in partnership with the city. So then since 1980, it's grown to kind of what everybody sees now. Um, And, you know, we're, we're probably going to, surpassed seven hundred thousand visitors this year it's our 38th year we're starting to plan for 40 a couple of years away oh, wow. um, and it's grown i mean every every year we are growing different things when we took the event over from the city um since then we've added i think it was we counted 17 new displays or feature attractions to the park um, you know you've got the, the carnival rides of winter wonderland are on both side of us and you've got the ice skating rink run by the downtown association which is uh, across the street as well so all those three things together uh i mean san jose is a really special place for the holidays oh yeah
1: yeah definitely
0: uh, we were talking about that earlier um it's it's always been a nostalgic thing for for me and, and anthony as well you know you as well and this this event has always been a part of our lives, you know? It's always been, like, uh, one of those things that you could always count on to go see, and it's always really cool to see all the animatronics over there, and, like, seeing just the, the whole event of... of it just, it, it's not Christmas without Christmas in the park, you know? Um, how ha- how do you see it uh, evolving since your time here um, from from just looking at all the people out there?
2: Well, I mean, we definitely... We, we don't have to do any marketing for the event the event kind of <laughs> you know like you said people have grown up with this event mm-hmm. you've had this and i referenced it earlier before we started the the podcast is you've got this cycle you come as a kid you come as a teenager you're hanging out with friends right mm-hmm. and then you might come on a date we get a lot of people that cut like first date was at christmas in the park oh, yeah. what a great first date <laughs> yeah. you know before i got married i went on a date at christmas in the park <laughs> you know and um you get people that come and then they have kids and then they bring their kids and then they come as grandparents bringing their kids. she so have got this cycle and you've got people that have grown up with it that sometimes they don't realize how special it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter, she goes to school in uh, Colorado and she's back for Christmas break and this is her first year. And she's like, dad, San Jose does it right. I'm out in Colorado, and they don't, they're not doing much at all for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, and it and it's crazy because you come to Christmas in the park, or you drive down Willow Glen, or even the lights over um, at Santana Row. I mean, San Jose is a very special place around the holidays. And I obviously I'm a little biased, but I like to think that Christmas in the park is the biggest player in that whole you know in that whole role of, of, of having San Jose be such a popular destination for the Christmas season.
0: Oh, yeah. Certainly it's the flagship of, yeah. uh, of all season's greetings. But, um, yeah, I, I can honestly say, like, I, I have grown up um, loving this place. And every time I come here, it, it never disappoints. Yeah. Um, but I've always wondered how... Um, like how the, the Christmas trees I know that's that's a San Jose tradition as well. You have thousands of different schools that uh, that donate trees. Can you uh, can you tell us how that so
2: works? So the whole tree program, uh, basically the the way that it works is, we actually purchase all the Christmas trees. Oh, okay. Um, and Orchard Supply Hardware is a, a big partner sponsor of our event, so we actually buy them straight from Orchard Supply Hardware. Uh, they get them from a tree farm up in o- Oregon, um, and then we set up all the trees and then we sell the right to decorate the trees. So if you're a community group, you're a Girl Scout troop or something like that, you'll pay $50 for a small five to six foot tree that you could come out and decorate. You know, We put a sign at the base of the tree and we provide a couple of strands of lights for those organizations to decorate their tree. Mm -hmm. Then you also have a, a little bit of a taller tree option. So a seven to eight foot tree will cost you $75 if you're that community group. If you're a high school, we do a decorating contest. Oh, that's, uh, and that's a $50 entry, uh, fee. entry fee. And then if you're a for-profit business, well, now you're talking that's a sponsor tree. That's actually $500. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, full-size Wait, so. tree, the lights, company logo on the sign. Uh, people use it as a marketing tool. Um, you know, I'm exposing my business to, you know, nearly 700,000 people coming to this event. It's also a donation to a nonprofit. So mm-hmm. there's that that write off ability as well. When you're a sponsor of the event, be it a, a tree or a larger, you know, cash sponsor as well. So that's how our tree program works. Um, you asked earlier, you know, like, how do I see the event evolving? Um, I wish I had more space. Uh, that's okay. one thing that I would love, you know, because I'm, you know, the Plaza de Cesar Chavez Park. For those, you know, individuals listening that haven't been down here, it's kind of an island, right? So you you can't really expand past the island of what is the park. Um, so from my standpoint, it's always just changing what is in the park. Uh, and doing something new every year this year we really expanded the christmas tree program mm-hmm. so we went from having 525 trees to having over 600 trees this year oh, wow. uh, we did that intentionally because we wanted to set the guinness book of world records <laughs> and we actually went around with a video camera and counted every single one of our 606 trees did you yesterday. Get the uh we so the, the way that it works is you apply you, you get officially accepted as an applicant mm-hmm. to uh, to set the record, and then you have to give them the proof. So we're in the proof stages right now, oh, okay. um, having to send them the videos, the pictures, the testimonials, and then we'll be handed the the official record. But we you know we we're we're forty plus trees over what the record was so i don't see it being an issue for us to to get the record exactly exactly so that's that's been kind of fun um you know i talked about you know the displays every year you want to add something so this year we have two brand new displays uh we actually partnered kind of going back to what i said earlier with the sharks this year they actually sponsored a brand new display for us it's our bears pond ice rink nice Um, it features bears playing uh hockey Mm -hmm. as well as figure skating and then we also have uh, Southwest Airlines as a new sponsor this year. They're actually our presenting sponsor, and they came on, and part of that deal was to develop a display for them. So we have what we call the North Pole Landing Field, mm. which is kind of an airstrip at the North Pole <laughs> that features, of course, a Southwest airplane fla- flown by an elf. Huh. So That's so cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So that's part of the expansion is you know, um, each year tackling something new. You know, we're always looking for ways that we can be interactive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we have talked about this year... And are looking at to see if we can physically do it is maybe a Christmas tree maze mm-hmm. where, you know, kids could go in and, and try and find their way out of the Christmas tree maze. We've talked about having a, a Christmas themed miniature golf course. Oh, that's awesome. um, And we've we've also and we're almost we were so close this year to pulling a trigger on actually having a zip line at the park mm-hmm. uh, where people could zip line over the, the Christmas trees and some of our displays. So um, we're still thinking about it for next year. Um, but the, the issue is you've got to find the right company to partner with because it's course. not something that we're going to go out and buy ourselves, well, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you want a professional company that you can partner with and, uh, it's something that we would charge, you know, people to do. So, yeah, of uh, and there's, you know, hefty insurance issues and such too. Mm-hmm. So hopefully next year we're able to do that. That's uh, but that's cool. kind of how I see that involving uh, becoming a little bit more interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if we can add things that, that people can do when they're down here, other than just say, look at all the displays and enjoy the entertainment and the hot chocolate and visits with Santa. It's be a little bit more interactive. We've talked about in the past of, you know, maybe having a, a weekend where you actually have snow and, and a little mountain where kids can go sledding, mm-hmm. cool. um, but awesome. it's about $15,000 just for two days. of <laughs> snow. Yeah. So, you know, you're not going to make that up by charging, you know, $5 a sled to go down. So you, you've got to have a sponsor involved and, You know, again, where are you going to put it? Because you'd have to take out some Christmas trees in order to do that. So, um, you know, there's there's give and take when you have a certain amount of space that you have to deal with. Every time we bring in a new display, it's like, okay, well, what display are we going to retire? And then that display that we're going to retire, people loved. They saw it when they were a kid, you know, so they're they're going to be a little upset. So you have to just weigh everything to. Put on the best event possible.
1: So has that? I mean, space being the major limitation here has that caused more of a creative effort on your guys' part to fit things in and to you know, consider a second tier,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> We're gonna build a second level. Um, no, you know, it, space is an issue for us for sure, but it, um, you know, we've been able to deal right now with mm-hmm. with what we have, um, you know, and and even though we have six hundred and six Christmas trees this year, we might scale it back a little bit next year so we have more room for things mm-hmm. i mentioned you know we're we're looking forward to our 40th year in a couple of uh, a couple of years our 40th anniversary so for that we really want to go big and we want to you know we're in the middle of uh we've already got funding for a brand new display we've already got the designs for a new display we're actually going to start constructing this display this year oh wow because uh, it's going to be a, a our biggest display that we've ever had it's actually going to be two parts with a Conveyor belt, and it's going to be basically Santa's workshop. Wow. Uh, so you're going to have, you know, one side of of this display is going to be kind of the assembly of the toys, and then it'll go over a conveyor belt that you'll be able to walk under as a, as a guest. Huh. And then it'll go into the paint and wrapping department. Um, you know, so it'll be it's really that's, fun, really whimsical. Really cool, yeah. um, so that's going to be our big fortieth uh, display. Uh, and we've got the Sobrato organization is actually paying for it, so that was really cool uh, to know that you have the funding for something that massive because it'll be a, a pretty big price tag as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, we world just exclusive, that, everybody yeah. you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so uh, you, you said that uh, uh, earlier when we were talking about the the holiday parade that was owned by the city, but now that you guys are a separate nonprofit organization, are there any plans to bring that back?
2: You know, there's always talks about it, but it's uh, it's about a $300,000 endeavor to bring it back the way that it was, the way that people were used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give you an example, whenever you see one of those big floats, right, that you see like the Thanksgiving Day parade that, that Macy's puts on, mm-hmm. and uh, those floats, uh, if you're just renting them, will cost you $10,000 per balloon. Oh, wow. Uh, it'll cost you at least 7500 to rent the, the balloon, and then another 2500 to inflate it um so you know it, it, at the time you you know you're talking about a 250 thousand to four hundred thousand dollar budget road closures police um, other sponsors you had a great television partner that ended too that was another factor that that came into play when the parade went away mm-hmm. so there's always talks about it um I think it's gonna take a group to to come together and kind of do something similar to what The um, Alameda Business District has done with the Fourth of July parade and what they've done there. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they're uh, back in the early 1900s. They had a a Fourth of July parade. It was called the Rose White and Blue Parade. And uh, because it's in the Rose Garden area of of San Jose about uh, it's probably been 10 years now. They brought that parade back, but they started it out on a very small scale. Right where it was like kids on bicycles red rag wagons you know some clowns the fire department and they've grown it into a very nice parade I think if they want to do a holiday parade in San Jose again they almost have to kind of follow that model start it out small don't worry about the balloons that you had and the and everything that you had that first year do it real small and then grow it over time uh, I think that's the way that they've got to do it Unless they find you know a five hundred thousand dollar sponsor that is willing to just throw money at you, <laughs>
1: is that an opportunity for you guys to start small in that way? We don't community? have the bandwidth right now to, to do something
2: yeah. like that. Um, we would definitely need you know somebody to come in like a, a local service group. Okay. Uh, you know, a good example is you know San Jose had uh, a fireworks show for many years. Mm-hmm. The city would put it on, mm-hmm. and again, about the same time that the parade was canceled, at the same time they were thinking about. Getting rid of Christmas in the park, they also canceled the fireworks show. Well, it took the local Rotary Club, you know, to step forward and reignite the fireworks. Reignite that was pretty good. Reignite <laughs> the uh, the fireworks uh, display that we have, and now that's you know something that you can look forward to again every year. So I think it's going to take some sort of a service organization to if they do want to bring back a parade to, to do that.
0: That makes sense. So you were also involved in the Rotary Club as well. Correct? Yeah, I
2: still am. I've been a, a Rotarian for about four years now.
0: Rotarian is that
2: the, Yeah, okay. Rotarian. When you're <laughs> when you're in the Rotary Club, you are a Rotarian. A Rotarian. Okay. Yeah. So and and you know our Rotary Club we're actually the eighth largest in the world. Oh wow! Uh, it's a great organization. Uh, a lot of it can be like the who's who of San Jose. You know, people. Uh, everybody from the you know the mayor, Sal Pizarro. A lot of business people. A lot of nonprofits are represented. Um, you you've got People who care about San Jose that want to give back and and do something not just on a local scale but on a global scale. Uh, Rotary International uh, does projects all around the globe. Um, their main th- uh, you know project over the years has been ending polio, um, and I believe it's down to one country now that has polio, and oh, wow. that's oh, a wow. small village that they are trying to eradicate the whole disease. Um, but there's always wheelchair drops that they do every year. You know, our local club gets involved and, and, and puts together a group of people that go down to it, their world um, you know, place and, and drops off wheelchairs. Uh, we do a lot of stuff locally with some schools, um, sponsor some different events. Um, you know, it's lunch every Wednesday at the, uh, the Summit Center on 4th Street. And it's a good group of people. Uh, it's a really good group of people. It's been around for a long time, over a hundred years. They uh, they just recently, when celebrating their hundredth year, created a a huge play garden over by uh, the airport uh, that was for uh, it, it's accessible for for kids and and people that have disabilities. Oh wow! So somebody that's in a wheelchair can still go and enjoy a playground. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. So it's uh, that was a you know multi million dollar endeavor that the Rotary Club. Led and they had some funding from the county and from parks and the city and uh, but they do things like that every year and uh, every week they're doing something project wise.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Does crisps in the Park have any direct relation relationships with other organizations like uh, maybe the Rotary Club because you're So the Rotary
2: Club has been a sponsor of our event for years. Mm-hmm. Last year they actually paid for our uh, our light tower that we have in the park this year, which are. Last year and this year, which is a replica of the original light tower that stood in San Jose in the late 1800s, early oh. 1900s. So we have a um, a 40-foot version of that light tower that originally stood about 275 feet. Um, back then so uh, you know our version is all LED lights and you know different light shows and, and you know choreography and that's really fun so they donated that they've been a sponsor with some different displays over the years um, we also have the local Kiwanis club mm-hmm. that's heavily involved they run run one of our food booths here um, so yeah I mean definitely we have clubs we're looking for more you know of course <laughs> yeah. <definitely>. yeah. <laughs>
1: that's great so um, go ahead, no, go ahead. Um, So San Jose is changing as a whole, right? With the uprise of technology and business in this area. Um, How do you feel that the economic climate in the area is affecting the way Christmas in the park is run with the Googleplex coming at one point, you know, rumors, at least at this point, I think, right. And different organizations like that moving into the area. Do you think that, I mean, it'll probably be a positive effect. What's your general thought on the entire effect on Christmas in the park?
2: You know, from our standpoint, we are a very traditional organization, traditional event. You know, we, we are kind of like our a, a classic event. You know, we're, we don't have a lot of technology involved in our events. You know, we added a, a brand new light display this year with a, a 20-foot Christmas tree and, and six candy canes all choreographed to music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the digital presence, you know, we're not there yet. Um, We'd love to get them more involved in our events, you know, from a charitable standpoint, from Mm -hmm. a volunteer standpoint. um, You know, I don't know how it's going to change things. Um, You know, we still have a lot of people that because our event is free and it has such a tradition, this is how people celebrate Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, there there are families that, that don't have the money to go buy a Christmas tree or give presents. Coming to Christmas in the park kind of is how they celebrate. They can't go to a mall and pay $40 to go visit with Santa Claus. You can come to Christmas in the park and do it for free. Mm-hmm. You know. So uh, as much as we probably will have some evolution in technology over the years, we're still going to be that classic event where people can come and just be with their family and enjoy a, a great time out during the holidays and that's how they'll celebrate Christmas. So um you know, from our standpoint, my standpoint, I hope financially It it definitely, you know, has an effect on us. Um, You know, kind of a funny story is that one of the businesses that is in the area where Google is planning to be, uh, basically, we approached them and said, you know, would you consider being a sponsor this year? And they said, yeah, we just got our check from Google. Sure. (laughs) So, hey, it's affected us in a positive way. And then we got this other sponsor. And uh, so we'll see if that continues past this year. But. Um, sure you know, that was kind of a funny little story to share, but um, uh, you know, we're a block away from Adobe. Um, and Adobe got involved this year. Um, they partnered with um us and Habitat for Humanity. Okay. And they did this uh they they participated in our playhouse program. Oh. And uh, this is something that we've been doing with Habitat for Humanity for a couple of years now where we get companies and this year we had 10 companies that build a playhouse that any kid would love to have in their backyard. And Adobe built one this year. So they're on display at Christmas in the park for the run of the event. People can vote for their favorites. We have a trophy oh, okay. that's called the Cocoa Cup that, you know, if you have the the best uh, display, then you get to have the cup in your office for a year. Uh, but the best part about these houses is that they're actually donated to charities after the event. So, you know, deserving kids will actually end up with that playhouse. So it's really cool. That's
1: that is so very cool. cool. And the trophy gets passed around from each company. Every it does.
2: Day? It does. The, the first two years that we did it, NetApp won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last year, Orchard Supply Hardware won. So uh, I haven't checked the voting this week yet to <laughs> see who's who's in the lead for year four. But we'll see. And we'll engrave their name on the side of that trophy. Oh, that's Very awesome.
0: Very cool. One day. Yeah, yeah people on the way. <laughs> people on the there. way. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, as we're kind of winding down... Um, think we, we kind of leave this uh, spot open for you to kind of your final thoughts corner kind of like things you would like to say to the san joseans <laughs> san joseanites
2: <laughs> yeah uh, no you know i just i love the fact that people love the event so much you know we get a lot of positive feedback year after year um you know on on new things that we've done we created a couple of extra walking paths this year mm-hmm. to help alleviate some of the crowds and we've gotten feedback on like, see, people have sent us, thank you for putting in this walking path. And oh, wow. it's kind of like, it's. oh, you noticed that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a great thing, you know? And, and right now, you know, we're sitting inside of our information booth. We're standing in front of a, a model train display that this is the second year we've had a model train display and people, they, you know, last year it was their favorite new thing at the park was mm-hmm. the model train display. And it's such a small little thing that we can do and people, they respond and that's great feedback from us. Um we also like constructive feedback, you know, presented in a, in a good way as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say, you know, my final thoughts is tell us what you think. Okay. You know, tell us how you, you know, what you'd like to see, what you um, you know, what maybe what you didn't like or maybe what you think could be improved. But also tell us what you loved. You know, so that we can build upon that. And volunteer. We always have volunteer opportunities for people, uh whether it be your company volunteering as a sponsor or coming out and renovating one of our displays. Or just, you know, working as a high school kid on some of our weekend stuff that we do in the off-season and in, uh, in getting ready for the event. So I would just say get involved, tell us what you think, and enjoy Christmas in the Park.
0: That's awesome. That's fantastic, yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll throw in all the informational like the, the links to get involved. In, and that's uh, What was the, uh, the website? So
2: website is christmasinthepark.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, C-I-T-P-S-J on Facebook. Okay. That's kind of our main outlet for um, for social media. Okay. Uh, we have a Twitter account. Uh, I'm pretty sure we have an Instagram account. Um, <laughs> and I definitely have a YouTube channel. Uh, but Facebook is kind of our main – Facebook on our website is our kind of main way of communicating with people.
1: Okay. And as Cesar said, we'll throw all those in the description for the podcast. If Great. you guys are interested, definitely check it out and let them know what you think, everybody. Please
0: do. And come on down. It's uh, We're in the heart of the Cesar Chavez plaza and it is booming right now yeah it's fantastic
2: we're open to january 7th this year oh, oh awesome. january
0: 7th so, yep. perfect all right well thank you again so much uh, we really appreciate you coming down here well and, us uh, coming down yeah
1: you
2: you guys <laughs> had to come to me we appreciate you coming down here to this informational booth <laughs> yeah. no thanks sir thanks for having me on it's uh, it's been a pleasure thank you all
0: right yeah. excellent